about to win so big. Tell me, hydraulic money. Yeah. Money coming in. Tell me, what's the program? 25 days of cush. Yeah, get with the program. Show them what they wave, get the program. Ladies and gentlemen, we active again, back in the booth. Your favorite bussy lover, Joe Rogers, your boy Dan in the building. We are mid-season form. It is time. Mid-season recap with the one and only Mike McDaniel. Only fitting. Just kidding. Mike McDaniel, motherfucker, caught a body this week, earned his name back. Mike. How you living tonight, man? Boys, we uh, we went ahead and started recording this podcast a few hours later than anticipated. But I appreciate the flexibility. Happy to be on. Been a long time coming. Um, we've been talking about this for a few weeks, so really excited to be on with you guys. Oh, well, yeah. if I would have known you were going to do your hair for Zoom Audio, I'd have told you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. Well, that's I'll, I'll tell you what, man. Not, not much of that going on these days, even if I did with the... Uh, with a baby, you're lucky to uh, to eat in a given day. That's basically uh, that's the that's the threshold. It's a low bar to clear at this point. You know, have you gotten like three hours of sleep and have you eaten? That's that's pretty much the threshold, the bar we're trying to clear at this point. Well, we had to have you on, man. As many people know, Mike and I are friends again now. So mm-hmm. Big news. Mm-hmm. Now we're on the pod. New coach, new friendship. We're back in the booth. And we're here to break down the midseason recap. So what have you thought about the team so far, Mike? Uh, well, so the record is about what I anticipated. I would say, you know, losing to Old Dominion kind of threw things off a little bit. Like going into the year, I thought that this was like a six and six, seven and five type team. Um Obviously, with the way things have transpired over the last month, it's probably pretty hard to envision seven and five happening, right? But, you know, I, I think, you know, Old Dominion was a shock, right? Clearly, um, you know, getting wins against Wofford and, and BC kind of got things back on track. And then the West Virginia game happened. And, you know, that was a 16 to 10 game in the fourth quarter. Like the end result looked a lot uglier than it actually was. And, I think what's really going on here with tech in terms of kind of like the expectations coming to the year versus where they're at now is like, I didn't really take into account all of the game management issues that were going to be happening under pry, right? Like, yes, I thought about, okay, this is a first year head coach and a new coaching staff. And, you know, a lot of these guys are, you know, in new roles, right. And, and, you know, first time, you know, power five assistance in some cases. Right. And it's just that like the game management stuff has been so, so bad. And that's been really surprising to me. Like I thought that some of that stuff would be happening, but not as often as it has, like going into each game. Like, I feel like there's always a delay a game or like a false start, like at home, right. Like stuff that shouldn't, shouldn't be happening as frequently as it is. And, you know, Virginia tech was, one of the three most penalized teams in the country, you know, through the first three weeks of the year, they were, you know, worse in the FBS in that category. And 
a lot of that stuff's preventable with coaching, especially when you consider that like two of the first three games were at home for Virginia Tech. So like that kind of stuff has surprised me. Offensive line has been worse than I anticipated. Grant Wells, I think, considering like what is around him, like the players that have been around him that have been healthy, he's been playing about as I expected him to. And then I think the defense, you know, I think through the first month of the year, we all thought the defense was like a lot better than we thought. But now, like with the first the last couple of weeks and how tech has looked, I think the defense, at least in my estimation, is about what I expected it to be, like a little bit better than last year but still clearly like a year zero situation where these guys are learning a new scheme and a couple of the veterans have been playing pretty well. But outside of that, it's been like a lot of guys kind of learning on the fly. So it's going about how I anticipated, but how we got there is a little bit different than I thought. To be honest, we're a little worse than I thought we might be, but that was because I wanted to err on the side of optimism with so much unknown. I thought maybe, you know, some of the players, would be able to be coached differently and that would change some things for them. But it turns out that some of them just don't have it. And, you know, it's not necessarily their anybody's fault. It's just the fact of the matter. And uh, those are tough conversations you got to have. Um, pride, definitely. There's been some struggle there. Uh, I like, the fact that he's not afraid to change things like putting Brad Glenn in the booth with, or in the box up there with, with uh, Tyler Bowen. I thought the offense versus Pitt ran a lot better with, with Glenn in the booth grant. I went to Marshall, so I kind of keep up with them and I watched him and it was, I expected him to be better at tech than what he's been, but he also had, pretty good running game at Marshall with Rasheen Ali and he also had a gamage at wide receiver he had some talent there so it was kind of you could kind of see it this past week when Malachi came back and there was a little bit of success in the run game with him and Keyshawn King that Grant looked better throwing the ball but uh the struggles um certain things like we would be in score position and all of a sudden like Parker Clements would do something dumb and get a penalty and take us out. And then we couldn't recover. Uh, defense has looked pretty good. The, the Dax lies have held up for the most part. Um, uh, I know he got a lot of hate on the timeline today because PFF rated him so high, but you know, Twitter, there's no nuance on Twitter. Twitter is just Twitter. Uh, it's face value, but, uh, I did not expect it to look this bad. I expected it to be bad, so I, I'm learning patience, and I'm just taking it as it comes, and I think that I hope that we can win a good portion of the last half of the schedule because it's like Liberty, Duke, UVA, Georgia Tech. Like, you should be able to get four there, hopefully. Um, but nothing's uh, nothing's guaranteed. Caleb Smith playing well. He's got some really good hands. I'm glad to see him finally getting his shot. Uh, I had high hopes for Jalen Holston going into the season. That's just not going to happen, and that's what it is. Um, good luck to him. But 
I'm just ready to see a lot of the younger guys come in because you can tell when the younger dudes come in, they don't have a lot of those bad habits or whatever that maybe the last staff helped these older kids develop like Mansoor and Cam Johnson and these guys like DJ, they play different. I don't know if you guys have noticed that as well, but I, I personally feel that they play different than the other people that have been there, like Breon and them. Yeah, I did not expect Pry to come out this unprepared so far. I thought he was going to be further along, especially being a very elite defensive coordinator. I thought he was going to have the team ready, more game ready, especially out of the gate, like Old Dominion uh, might hit on that. You know, that game as well, we had a clock management issue. So he's got to be better there. I didn't see that coming. I didn't think the talent gap was going to be as bad as it is. The offensive line has regressed, uh, especially if you see the reflecting PFF grades from last year. And some of that might be complimentary football. It might be the fact that we had, you know, guys like Hoffman, Smith, and Tenuta on that line. So I didn't see them regressing like this. I kind of thought that, you know, Joe Rudolph would improve the offensive line. You know, he's a very, very good offensive line coach if you look at his resume. So I didn't see the talent gap being this bad when I was looking at the season, you know, a month ago, a month and a half ago. But it hasn't. If you look at it, really, maybe if we have Malachi Thomas at the start, maybe our record is three and three or four and two. Maybe it's flipped right now. So we kind of got ourselves in a hole right here, right out of the gate. We've had a couple winnable. We've really had three winnable games that we have losses on the record for Pitt. You're in that thing in the fourth quarter. WVU, you're in it in the fourth quarter. Old Dominion easily should have been at W. So it's been kind of disappointing. I think part of it, too, is you got players that are learning how to win. You know, you got guys that have been losing for the past three to four years, and you're trying to get that out of their system and break that bad trait. And you got Dan hit on it as well. You got guys that had bad habits, like Breon Murray, obviously. But some of these guys are just trying to break bad habits. So I didn't think the offense was going to be that bad. I think Wells has been a little bit worse than I thought he would have been. You look at his stats through the, throughout the year so far, and they're, you know, in the bottom half of, you know, all FBS football and toward the very bottom of P5 program quarterbacks. So, yeah, I didn't see us being this bad so far. So, Mike, what are some of the good things that you've seen so far out of this team? Dax. Um, <laughs> like I, I think Dax has been really, really good. Like first team, all ACC good. And like, he, he's a top five or six player at his position nationally, which is not something I necessarily saw coming. I mean, I think when you get to guys who are like fifth and sixth year seniors, like Dan, you talked about Jalen Holston, right? Like, I, I think we all hoped that Holston would come into the year and, and play really well and kind of like seize a, a real role in that running back rotation. And it just hasn't really happened, but we were kind of all hoping for that for Dax too, on the defensive side of the ball, especially with how poorly last year went for the linebacking core as a whole. And I think Dax overall has been really, really good. Um, he's been the best player on the field in most of the games Virginia Tech's played. Um, the, I don't think the linebacking core played well at all on Saturday. Um, the front seven, I thought got beat down pretty good. So you know, pit game aside, I, I think Dax has had a really, really good year. Um, Caleb Smith, uh, you all mentioned him. Like, he's been really, really good, too. Like, I had questions about him coming into the year. He's been a career number three receiver. Like, how would he adjust being 
you know, the guy, right. I, I guess a bad offense, but, you know, stepping up and being a number one receiver in any offense is, is a jump. And I wasn't sure that he would be able to do it. I always thought he was a good player, but it's kind of hard to really see him in that role. Cause he's never done it before. Right. And I think Saturday showed, you know, Saturday against Pittsburgh showed what he can do right when he gets real opportunities and he's got great hands. He's very, very fast. Uh, and he's been really reliable for the tech offense. So Caleb Smith's been real, real good. Uh, Jalen Stroman also pretty good, right? Like you got some questions about the defense coming to the year. Like how are some of the new guys going to adjust their role? And like Jalen Stroman has obviously stood out to me. He's been pretty solid. You know, Malachi Thomas, we only saw him, you know, in the pit game. We hadn't seen him, you know, before that this year. But, you know, I thought he ran pretty hard on Saturday, right? He and Keyshawn King. So those are two running backs who I think have had really good years so far, right? Uh, in, in King's case, playing, you know, in, in four of the five games. And then, you know, in Malachi Thomas's case, making a season debut, I thought he was really good on Saturday. So I'm really, you know, hopeful for the second half of the year that, you know, Tech can establish more of a running game, play better complementary football and get the ball into Malachi Thomas and Keyshawn King's hands a little bit more and maybe take some of the pressure off of Grant Wells because, you know, he's a guy who's been turnover happy in his career, right, in Marshall, you know, coming into Virginia Tech. That was a one knock on him, obviously, and he had some turnover issues, you know, obviously in the Old Dominion game, but, you know, he's thrown the ball into some tight windows, you know, even when he hasn't been throwing picks here in the last few games and, you know, I think that was what we all thought he would be coming into the year. And I think, you know, some of that pressure will be able to come off of him if Virginia Tech is able to establish a better running game. Uh, but, you know, the the question for me is like, is the offensive line going to hold up in the second half of the year if Virginia Tech kind of turns to more of a run heavy scheme with Malachi Thomas coming back into the fold on a more full time basis? Right. Because I think they're going to want to continue to get the ball in his hands and the O-line hasn't really held up, right? Like it's been so disappointing up front that I'm hoping that, you know, if Tech runs the ball a little bit better, might take some pressure off of the offensive tackles in the passing game because Janzi and Parker Clements have not been very good, right? And Clements especially, another really rough game on Saturday against Pitt. Again, a really good defensive front for Pittsburgh, but like Clements, you would expect him to be a bit better than he has been. So I think the running game will help getting Malachi Thomas back will help in the second half of the year. There were some signs of life on Saturday against Pittsburgh that, you know, leave you a bit more optimistic of kind of where things could be offensively towards the end of the year. Like, I don't think this is ever going to be a great offense this year. I don't think it's ever necessarily going to be a good offense, but I think they can at least be okay, which would be a step in the right direction. And with the way the defense has played, you know, in the first half of the year, I think, you know, I, I think it'll number one, take some pressure off of them and, and free them up a little bit more. They've been playing tight, obviously the last two games because the offense has been struggling, but you know, I think it'll free them up a little bit more and maybe tech could play some better complimentary football down the stretch. So we'll kind of see what happens, but I think if you had to point to three, three areas, it's definitely Dax, it's, it's Caleb Smith. And then it's, it's Keyshawn King and what we've seen now Malachi Thomas so far, I think those are the, the definite kind of highlights of the team. What do you got, Dan? What are your, three good things you've seen so far definitely Caleb uh I think that I took a um I hopped on the Caleb train early and I think people gave me a lot of shit about it but I stood by it um and you know he doesn't get a lot of separation but when they throw the ball his way he makes plays 
Like he catches, like he's got great hands. Um, yeah, you touched on Baby Stroh. I think that if I was going to build this team, the future of this team, the, the cornerstones, the building blocks would be Bryce Duke, um, Daquan Wright, Jalen Stroman, and I would – that's how I would, I would rock. And some of our – Mansoor, Cam Johnson, guys like that, Braylon Johnson coming in, Dante LeVette. I think they're Cam Fleming. I think they're going to be really good contributors, probably pretty early. Uh, it's just, yeah, man. Caleb Christian Moss, Jalen Jones is look good when he's in. Daquan Wright, stud, absolute stud. Uh, I want to see Xavier Chaplin. Um, I think he's a beast. I think he's going to be great on our offensive line. I think Joe Rudolph. He was on Boundary Corner and he was real excited about the future of the youth on our offensive line more so than what we currently have, rightfully so. And I agree with him. I think um, the future is bright with with a lot of these kids, as long as they can couple it with, you know, plug it in, with bringing in some real talent from the portal and uh, future recruiting classes. I think and a lot of hard conversations with some guys that have some eligibility left. They might just not want to do it here. You know what I'm saying? They might just want to, Use that year somewhere else. I'm cool with that. Uh, but, yeah, man, I think there's been some really good things. Dax especially. Daxberg, he's here. He's having one hell of a swan song, even though the end results of the games haven't been great. He personally should be proud of himself. And, yeah, I would say those would be my most optimistic things about our team this year. Yeah, Dax has definitely looked better. I think it's the pride effect. Pride being, you know, one of those elite linebacker coaches. And, you know, he puts out guys like Mark Micah Parsons in the NFL. You know, not saying Dax is Micah Parsons. But, you know, Dax has been a bright spot. He's came along better. But I think one of the big positives for me was moving Keontae Jenkins to Sam Backer. I think Jenkins has played extremely well. Every game you see plays on defense you're like man that was a pretty good play and you look up and it's him he had an interception this weekend so he's been a bright spot for me he's played better than I thought he would and obviously he's going to be good in coverage switching from a defensive back role to switching to linebacker so he's been pretty good he's been very solid better than I thought he would have actually another guy on defense too that has kind of really stepped out is CJ McCray I mean he's about to take that starting rollover He's looked really good this year. Looks good in that 56, man. You see flashes of Cornell Brown and Corey Moore sometimes. So I think he's been extremely good. I think, you know, and it's nice too, some of your bright spots being young guys. So that's good for the future. I think he's been extremely good. And then you go on offense. And this week we got him back. We got Malachi Thomas back. And, man, he just runs so hard. He's not super big. But he is fast, and he runs hard and relentless. So those are my three. And then I would throw Daquan right in there. I think he should be starting over Gallo at this point, actually. He's just a walking first down. Every time he gets the ball, it's a first down. You get, just got to feed him. So I would burn his shirt and keep playing him. Mike, what are three areas that you think that we need improvement? <laughs> offensive line, like one, two, and three, right? <laughs> like offensive line is it. Um, 
I mean, it just hasn't been good, guys. Like, I expected better out of the interior offensive line. Like, the, the whole offensive line's been bad. Like, Clements has been awful. He's, you know, been really struggling out there. Silas Janzi has not been very good. Like, I was worried about the depth coming into the year. I wasn't worried about the, the starting offensive line. I was worried about the depth. But now, like, the starters haven't been playing well either. So, yeah, you know, it's kind of a five alarm fire type deal with the offensive line. Now, do I think that getting Malachi Thomas back will help things? Yes, I do. I think we saw that a little bit on Saturday, but it's not going to fix everything, right? Like the pit game showed like tech can score a little bit if they play complimentary football, but there are still going to be those really frustrating plays where somebody gets beat off the line of scrimmage on the offensive line. And like, you're not going to be able to prevent that in every single game. And Tech's got some pretty good opponents coming up here, you know, the the last part of October, and it's going to be tough to, you know, offensively, you know, keep the chains moving if the offensive line keeps playing as poorly as it has. Like, I was expecting Johnny Jordan, a former All-Big Ten honorable mention at center, to play a bit better than he has. I was expecting, you know, Caden Moore to play a bit more consistently than he has, and Jesse Hansen, like, all these guys, I, I thought could be playing a lot better. Um quarterback play right so grant wells you know i mentioned this earlier he's been about what i anticipated and i guess if you need to lean one way or another maybe a little bit worse just for the fact that the offense as a whole has been worse right but like wells does you know he makes a couple throws every game where you're like okay that's that's like the version of wells we really want to see moving forward right like that's that's the version of the guy where you know, a couple throws he made to Caleb Smith on, on Saturday, you're like, okay, that's, that's the guy that, you know, a lot of people were hyping up coming into the year, but then he makes a couple like really boneheaded errors, like before halftime, you know, taking the sack to, to take tech out of field goal range. Like you gotta do something other than get sacked there, right? Like try to escape the pocket, try to throw it away, like do literally anything other than take a really bad sack. So, you know, I think obviously Virginia tech's quarterback play needs to be a bit better. And then the receiving core as a whole, right? Like Kayla Smith's been good, but like, who's the other guy? Like Daquan Wright has been, has been good, like in spurts when he's been used, but outside of that, like, and he's really just more like H back tight end, like who in the receiving core has really stepped up other than Caleb Smith, right? Like we saw Daquan Lofton touchdown on Saturday. That was nice to see, but he's been pretty quiet. Like Jaden blue. You know, we we saw some flashes, what, against against Wofford, BC? I can't even remember now. But other than that, like, we haven't really seen much out of him. I think he's been a little bit of a disappointment. Then, like, even some of the younger guys, like, you were expecting, you know, like a Jalen Jones to get a bit more playing time. He hasn't really. Like, Steven Gosnell, he's shown some flashes here and there, but then he got banged up. Christian Moss, like, he was in witness protection on Saturday. Like, why wasn't he getting snaps? So, the receiving core has just kind of been suspect, you know, outside of Caleb Smith. And that's been, that's been tough too, I think on Grant Wells. So really like the reason why I'm pointing to the offense is because that's where a lot of the issues lie with this team. Right. And, you know, do I think the defensive line could be playing a little bit better considering the veteran presence they have up front? Yeah, I do. But like, is that the, the top three reason why Virginia tech's kind of sitting where they're at right now? Uh, no, absolutely not. So there's just some the, some question marks about this team offensively, right? And I'm hoping that Malachi Thomas at least helps aid some of those, but I don't think one guy's going to fix everything either. I really like Malachi. I feel like when he runs up into that, and people don't talk about it enough, but when he runs up into 
it's always clogged. And he specializes. He's very good at finding like an extra two to three yards in a crowd. And that's something we were really missing the past couple of weeks because, you know, second and six, third and four hits a lot different than third and 15, third and 12. Um, so we, we shortened in the field on third down is always good. Um, I mean, to say the least, it's been a little disheartening, but there, there's some, there's some stuff that I do like. Uh, I feel like, yeah, like you said, Daquan walking playmaker. It's just Christian Moss. Great. Jalen Jones, really shifty. Uh, Jaden blue. I was expecting more out of, I'm not quite sure what exactly happened there. I don't know if the injury hemmed him up and he just was slow coming back from it. But, like, I had more hope for Lofton. I mean, he's just had some thing like, hit him in the hands, like, just drop him. But that that one pass he caught for a touchdown on Saturday was a thing of beauty for Grant. Uh, I need Grant to be better or I need us to get somebody – in the portal or whatever that'll come in and push him to be better. Um, yeah. What about you, Joe? For me, the three things have been pretty bad. Number one, special teams. And actually you can look at our losses this year and look back. And if you have better special teams, you might win most of those games outside of UNC probably. But, you know, you look at old dominion, long snapping was an issue. It can continued to be an issue all up until the UNC game. I thought that, you know, we'd at least get that figured out. You know, you have a whole summer. So long snapping has been terrible. And it's both of the guys. It's Pollock and Enzo. So I thought special teams has been really bad. We're still struggling to find a punt returner. You know, even Blue, we got lucky that he took a knee there. He almost muffed one this weekend. Punt return has been really bad. Extremely bad, actually. Uh, kickoff return. We haven't had any long kickoff returns. I thought that they would shake up the personnel there, maybe go Colbeck and then Bryce Duke. Chance Black doesn't have the breakaway speed to do it. But they haven't. So it's like, what are you guys doing? And then on the other end, kicking was bad this week. You know, you saw that we missed a extra point, and that kind of got us behind. We were chasing points at that point. No pun intended. And then punting was pretty bad. You know, Peter Moore looked like his leg is just exhausted or I don't know if he's hurt or he's getting nervous. You know, he's hearing footsteps or what. But even punting's been bad. So special teams is number one thing that I think has been really bad this year. Uh, number two, it's been the transfers. None of them kind of lived up to the hype that we thought they would. Jaden Blue had a thousand yard year at Temple. I don't know where that's been. He's had balls hit him in the face mask. He's had drops. He's not looked very good at all. I thought he was going to be better. I thought Grant Wells was going to be much better than what he is. So we didn't really use the portal that well. I don't know if it was an evaluation issue or if those were just the guys we could get for a first-time staff and head coach in their first year. I'm not sure what the issue was there. So my transfer guys are number two on that list. And number three for me is leadership. And you see that lacking, especially on offense. You know, there's nobody there to get them lined up, get them up to the line. You know, when Parker Clements makes a dumb penalty, there's nobody to get in his ass 
and get his head straight. So we're really lacking leadership, especially on that side of the ball. But I think as a team as a whole, Dax kind of has it locked down on defense. But your other facets of the game, you're lacking that leadership and those guys that hold it together, the glue of the team. And you see that messing a lot of games. And that's kind of the reason that we're two and four instead of four and two is leadership. And that's kind of surprising to me. I thought that we would be much better in that area. But it's part of the game and it plays, you know, kind of an unwritten or underrated, I guess you could say, role. So leadership's definitely number three. So, Mike. Yeah, no, I agree with you, Joe. Um, it's, it's insane how, like, when Dax isn't on the field, um, and like it's like he's an artist or whatever, like the defense looks lost, sort of. Dax really keeps them, you know, lined up and, like, on their assignments. Offensive line penalties have been crippling. If we needed somebody to be in Parker Clements' ass every time he messed up, he'd look like Gianna Michaels. And it's just, yeah, absolutely. Um, just failure to execute, like dropping balls, bad throws, stuff like that. So, yes, uh, and long snapping yeah. been an issue. You're, you're hit the nail on the head, buddy. Yeah, I thought, like, I really thought that Silas Janzi would be the guy on the offensive line to be the leader and get those guys, you know, straightened up or in, in line. But then that falls on the quarterback. He's the leader of the offense. Wells has to be much better there. He has to step up and he has to kind of get out of his shell a little bit and be more vocal. And Caleb, too, as well as leading that wide receiver group, he's got to get those guys together. And the running back group, you kind of see it a little bit. Colston just isn't the senior we thought he would be. He's lost his explosiveness, but he's really had, he just hasn't been a leader either. So offense is missing a true leader like defense has with Dax. So, Mike, what do you see for? you know, remaining six games. How do you see that going? What's kind of your projection there? Yeah, I mean, the next the next couple are going to be tough, right? I mean, like, Miami has not been great, right? But I think the talent is pretty vast, like a talent gap between Miami and Virginia Tech. So I do think it's going to be a tough game in Blacksburg this weekend. I think it's a lot more winnable than maybe I thought coming into the year. Like on paper, I was like, man, that Miami game is going to be real tough. They got Mario Cristobal. They got Tyler Van Dyke, who I thought would be a lot better than he has been. I know he threw for threw for like 500 yards uh, this weekend and that lost UNC, but like all in all, he hasn't been great. So I think coming in, you know, coming into the year, I was like, yeah, no way tech beats Miami and Blacksburg. No shot. Now I'm like, well, you know, I think there's a chance if Virginia Tech plays well offensively, considering what Miami's shown on defense, but like the tech defense needs to show up at home for four quarters and tech needs to play a clean game. And you can't really trust them to do that right now. So tech's going to have some trouble against Miami. I think tech's definitely going to lose to NC state. And then I think the back, you know, the back four games in November, like you got to win all four at that point to make a bowl game. Like Liberty, I think is very winnable. It's probably the most winnable game remaining on the schedule. UVA, uh, second most winnable in my opinion georgia tech's playing really good football right now um the last two weeks since firing jeff collins i don't know if that's coincidence or what but they just beat duke who i thought has been much better than anticipated you know riley leonard's been been pretty solid for them at quarterback and you know they they've been like well coached in the trenches which i guess is what you would expect out of a mike elko led team so i don't think that duke game is going to be any sort of pushover, right? Like tech having to win all four games in, in November, I think would put a tremendous amount of pressure like on them in order to make a bowl game. 
I think Tech would be best suited to steal this one this weekend against Miami if they do want to make a bowl game because I have a feeling Tech will probably only win two or three games in in November. Obviously, if they won three and, and beat Miami this weekend, that would be enough to, to get to six wins and make a bowl game. But I, I think that Virginia Tech over the last – you know, six games of the year. I, I'm going to go with a two and four record prediction, which is probably a little bit more pessimistic, but I think Tech loses the next two. And then I think they beat Liberty and beat UVA, but I have trouble seeing them beat Georgia Tech right now with how Georgia Tech's looked the last couple of weeks. I have trouble seeing them beat Duke with the way Duke's played really for the totality of the year. So it's kind of where I'm at. That would be a really, really disappointing year at four and eight, but with the way things have been trending, I think we may be heading in that direction. Man, this weekend, I can't call it, bro. I think it depends um, which Miami team shows up. If it's the Miami team that, have, that has struggled the past two weeks and we play a pretty clean game, we could beat them. But uh, I don't see NC State being a win. But I'm not sure how long – Mike, you know how long Leary's out? Because that, that could be a big difference. Yeah, I saw today that Dave Doran said in his weekly press conference, like, oh, it could be a week or it could be six weeks. You know, he's a tough guy. We'll see how it goes. So I have I have no idea. I mean, he's clearly lying. Like, he, I know he has a general idea of kind of what's going on with Leary. But as far as kind of where things are at there, I'm not sure. Yeah, so uh, NC State's probably an L but I'd love to go into Carter Finley on a Thursday night and get a dub. Um, Georgia Tech, I see as a win. Liberty, I see as a win. UVA, I see as a win. Duke, yeah, could be a win, could be a loss. Definitely a coin flip on that one for me. Um, however, the reality of the situation is we'll – probably end up like five wins at best but I six would be great to get a bowl for the for guys that are you know leaving like Dax and I would like to get them one extra game send them out the right way but it's not always the case what about you Joe yeah I think that this team goes three and three down the stretch I think that our wins come against Liberty as Mike said that's the most beatable team left on the schedule uh UVA has been horrible their offense somehow has been worse than ours and they seem to just lay down you know the tech team keeps fighting you know we see that they found a way to claw back and get a lot of quit a lot of quit in uva joe a lot of quit in uva they're soft let's be honest that is just in their dna that's their culture that's who they are over there they're soft there's a lot of quit in them so i think we get two wins there and then i think somehow we get a win between Miami, Duke, and Georgia Tech. And even if that comes as a surprise in beating Duke and losing to Georgia Tech, Miami. But I think we get three and three on the backstretch. We show some fight, get some momentum going into next season. And that old Dominion game comes back to bite us in the ass. And we mess a ball because of it. That's kind of how I see that one going. I would love for us to go four and two and make a bowl game. Uh, Dan said something there that, made a really good point you know you want to send those older guys out like Dax on a good note like it'd be sweet to make a bowl game and then usually bowl games it's whoever wants it most and this team has a lot of fight they show that they want it you know so it could be very similar to Shane Beamer's first year you could even get to seven and six if you can just get yourself in a bowl game and want it so I'd love to make a bowl game but 
kind of probably improbable. I think the Old Dominion game comes back to bite us in the ass this year, and we go three and three in this backstretch. So, Mike, this is my favorite part of the show, my favorite <laughs> segment. You're back-to-back winner. It's our first time having a beef of the week winner on this show with us. Mike, you won beef of the week this week. Your tweet with Jalen Holston, you got a lot of backlash both ways. Uh, I think a lot of us thought it was kind of funny. How does it feel to be beef of the week winner, man? First of all, I, I'm honored. Um, I, I think I, I think I deserved the the first one more than the second one because, like, I knew what I was getting into with the Jalen Holson thing. Like, I didn't even tweet anything negative about Jalen Holson. Like at the outset, I just said I thought Malachi Thomas or Keyshawn King should have gotten the ball in the two point conversion attempt. You know, on that shovel pass, which I like the play call by the way. Um, just somebody a little bit more shifty given the defensive line um, and the way Pitt, you know, had been coming after Tech's offensive line, you know, with their front seven and defensive line been dominated the offensive tackles all day. I'm like, man, it would be nice to get the ball into somebody's hands that's a little bit more shifty. And uh, Jalen Holston got like real mad about it. And I don't know what happened. He kind of snapped. I mean, you guys saw the, you guys saw the DM, like he kind of snapped. Um, and I thought it was kind of uncalled for and ridiculous. So I put it out there on the timeline, which I received backlash for people calling it unprofessional. First of all, like I want to make it known, like it's my personal Twitter account. So like number one, I don't care. Right. Like that's, that's kind of the number one thing. Like if I put something out there, like I stand behind it a thousand percent, like I don't care. Right. Number two, like I don't have anything against Jalen Holson. Like seems like a good guy. Like he's done all the right things for tech. Just like the fact of the matter is like, he's, he's not very good, right? Like Tech's got better options at running back. So I, I think they should be getting the ball in the hands of those guys more. Like other than that, I, I don't know, man, but I will, uh, I will rightfully take my crown as, as beef of the week winner because, uh, you know, I knew exactly what I was doing when I was posting that DM on the timeline. Right. So I was coming for blood, no doubt about it. Like, let's yeah, make, you're, let's make that clear. You're a first two time back to back beef of the week winner. And that's pretty stiff competition when you got, Dr. Lord Jeremy counts out there on the top. That's tough. Yeah, it's tough. Sponsor, mm. sponsor of my podcast, you know. That's it's tough going up against my guy. Yeah, I've been in there on a Thursday and heard Hokey Hangover, Tales from a Terror Dome, Sons of Saturday, you played. I did, however, get a rebuttal uh, on your beef of the week. It was a question um, that came from a, a source that will remain anonymous. But the question was, Ask him if he's ever played football at a high level that makes him qualified to judge us. So I just want to know, have you ever played football at a high level, Mike McDaniel? I played high school football. So did I. So that's, uh, that's it, man. I didn't, didn't play. I mean, I went, I went to tech. I was a business major. I, yeah, I mean, I didn't obviously not play college football. So, I mean, no, but I mean, is anybody arguing the ball should have been in Jalen Holson's hands there on a shovel pass? I mean, I don't, I don't know. I don't see a lot of people getting behind that either. You know? No, that's fact. good enough for me. Yeah. And you know, I don't so. think that you have to be a uh, college football coach or a D1 athlete to have a set of eyes. Yeah. I mean, Joe, I know you're like, a, you know, you're the best running back in the history of the NCAA <laughs> video game. But outside of that, like, have you played football at a high level? Yeah, I played in high school at a decent level. We were pretty solid. Hell yeah. I mean, do you think uh, Jalen Holson should have gotten the ball there? Absolutely not. And if you want to hear my opinion, I think that we actually should have went to Bryce Duke there. 
you know, I put I, I said Keyshawn King or Malachi Thomas on the timeline. I didn't even think about Bryce Duke. That's a good call there, though. You know, yeah, that might be a better option. He's more shirt just to let him do kickoff returns, and he's not even getting the ball going his way on kickoffs. Yeah. I think I should have used Bryce Duke more. And that is a spot we should have used him. And he's so shifty and explosive. Absolutely. And real quick, I know we're trying to wrap up here, but the, the one thing I want to say too is like, I think they should burn the red shirts of all these guys who they think are going to contribute in like a meaningful way next season. Like burn them now. Cause like, you're not really, if you're like a young guy on this team, right? You're not really playing for next year's team. You're playing for the team two years from now, right? Are you going to be a meaningful contributor when you're an upperclassman? And Pry needs to figure that out. Pry and his staff, they got to figure that out now because if they don't see like they're, there's a lot of talent in the younger guys that were brought in under Fuente, right? If they don't think some of these like three-star guys that are coming in, like are going to pan out, they got to filter them out, right? Through the transfer portal, through recruiting and, and kind of over-recruiting those guys, so to speak. Like they got to figure that out now, like figure it out in a loss season, figure it out like next year when you're still trying to build. So the two years from now, when hopefully Virginia Tech's in a much better spot in the ACC, of course, the divisions are going away next year. But hopefully Tech's going to be in a much better spot in the ACC two years from now than they are right this second. And hopefully you know what you got in the younger guys. So, like, if you think they're going to contribute in a meaningful way, like, either this year or next year, I think you burned the red shirts. It's my opinion. 100%. I absolutely Uh, agree. Yeah. Uh, We're all Delaney, Daquan Wright, all those guys. If they're going to help you in some way, shape, or form, you got to burn it. Cam, like all those guys go for it. Are you going for it or are you not? You know? Yeah. And you're not playing for wins. Like I know it sucks for guys like Dax and Jalen Holston, like all, you know, Caleb Smith, like upperclassmen, but like, you're not playing for wins this year. Like you are, but you aren't right. Like you got to figure out what you got moving forward. It's a rebuilding year. Absolutely. Sports Illustrated's very own, uh, Mike, tell everybody where they can follow you at and tell them (laughs) about your podcast at Mike McDaniel SI. Um, I have an ACC podcast called Basketball Conference. Go check that out. Uh, Hokey Hangover. I'm actually going to record that this evening as well. So go check that out. Um, do that with Ricky LeBlue and Andrew Alex. We're known for getting some blowback on that podcast as well. So I appreciate all you guys listening. Um, but yeah, go find my stuff there. And I'm a breaking news writer at SI.com. So I don't really cover college football exclusively or anything like that. But if there's breaking news in the sports world, I'm I'm probably one of the people writing about it, so go check me out there. Was there breaking news today? <laughs> Only Matt Rule getting fired. That, <laughs> uh, that threw some uh, that that threw my day through a loop. Got real busy, so it's a big one. Absolutely, Mike. Thank you for coming on with us, man. As always, go Hokies. Go Hokies.